0: Hi, everyone. It's Cheryl A. for On My Watch podcast. Uh, Today is January the 26th, from where I sit, and it is the day that the ICJ has uh, ruled on South Africa's case against Israel, and I'm just going to recap the ruling for you. Well, I got up very early and followed it closely, and I was full of sadness about what had happened. But as I've talked to more people and done some more research this morning, I'm feeling a little bit more confident and a little bit more positive. And so I want to share with you the positive side of this. And I think that this is the side that we want to talk about. So the ruling is the court said it has jurisdiction to rule in the case. I think that's very important. Just remember too, this is just the beginning of the case. This won't close it. It will keep going. The second point is the court orders Israel to prevent, punish, genocide, incitement. Now, I think this is really important because it is using the word genocide. You might have noticed that there are so many um, media institutions that won't use that word. I saw a recent BBC journalist say that she can't use the word genocide because Israel don't like it. Well, like it or lump it, we are using the word genocide because the ICJ is using the word genocide. The court orders Israel to take all measures to prevent genocide. So that's twice in the ruling that they've talked about genocide and they have said the court orders Israel to take all measures to prevent genocide So they are implying that genocide is happening and that they need Israel to prevent it. I think that's a really important point. The court also orders Israel to allow more humanitarian aid into the besieged strip. Well, that's crucial. It's crucial because people are starving in Gaza. I saw a report this week where people were using grain that is animal feed to make bread so that they can eat. I mean, this is the point to where we've got, and there is no reason, there's not a famine, there is no reason why these people should be starving. They are only starving because Israel has imposed starvation as a war tool, and that is a war crime. So I only heard yesterday that the Egyptian Prime Minister talk about the fact that there's all these aid trucks and Israel will not allow food. And you might have seen as well in the last couple of days that people that go, Gazans that go to collect food, are often doing it in fear of their life because there are snipers out there and they attack groups of people trying to get food. I mean, they are the most despicable army in the world, but we'll get to that. So that ruling is really important, that humanitarian aid, particularly food and water, gets to the Strip. The court impresses on Israel to take more measures to protect Palestinian, but it does stop short of ordering a ceasefire. And that's what I've been feeling really sad about. The court orders Israel to report to the court within a month. I think that those things are really imp- important, and if we turn them around in terms of perspective, they are things that have to be done. It is a court order, right? So at the moment they are committing genocide and they've been told to stop committing genocide. They are stopping aid. They are stopping water and food to get to Gaza. So they have been ordered not to. Now, how they interpret this, I don't know. I mean, are they going to adhere? How do you roll it out? I'm not sure how that happens, but there will be a lot of international pressure to make that happen. And it's really up to us not to stop. We need to still continue to advocate for these people. You know, I've been so... You know, heartened to see how many people have continued to, you know, attend rallies, attend peace marches. And we've got to keep doing that. We've got to keep sharing on Instagram. We've got to keep sharing on social media. We've got to keep being a voice for Gazans, a voice for Palestinians. Now, I've been reading a lot, as I said, since the ruling this morning. And there was this that I read that gave me that made a lot of sense about the ICJ ruling. And I'm going to read it to you. It's from a fellow called Ali Abuma, and he says this, and I think it's a really good point. A ceasefire is what you demand in an armed conflict. In a genocide, you demand an immediate end to all genocidal acts, and that is exactly what the ICJ ordered with immediate effect. He says, please stop helping Israel spin its rhetoric as a win. And I think that that's really important because they will try that. Because the ICJ didn't use the word ceasefire, they will try to spin that as the ruling going in their favour. But it hasn't. It hasn't at all. And they've been put on notice. And the use of the word genocide, as I said, is really important. And the fact that they must allow aid into Gaza is very, very important So those two things that have happened from that ruling. So we just need to keep going. I want to talk about other things as well. You might have seen one of the big stories this week was here in the United States of America, which is where I am at the moment. But this happened at Columbia University, which is in New York. And there was a group of Palestinian um, protesters, peaceful protests, mind you, students, and they were sprayed. They were sprayed with chemical and it's called skunk. And it's a chemical weapon that Israelis use on Palestinians. And even as recently as the other day, I saw them spraying houses in the West Bank. Now, that chemical makes you very, very sick. And they did this to ex-IDF soldiers, well, two Israelis, let's call them, On American soil, Columbia University New York used chemical warfare on Americans. I mean, it is extraordinary that that could happen and happened, right? But what is even more extraordinary is there was no response from the university, there was no response from police until, of course, people started speaking up about it. Now, I want you to imagine for a minute... Just for a minute, if those, if the attacker, if it was two Arab people that sprayed chemicals on Israeli protesters, that would have been called an act of terrorism. They would have had the army brought in. They would have had the US Army come in and look at that. But because it's the other way around, this is the bias that we live with, because it's the other way around. It took days to get a response from the university and days to get a response from the police. And those, some of those kids have landed in hospital. Anyway, that's just the way the world is at the moment. I will say this, though, that I am really heartened to see everybody take to the streets, particularly in Australia. There was a huge march on the 26th of January. That is today for me, but it would have been yesterday for Australia. In Melbourne, where people took to the streets to mark the rights of Aboriginal on what Aboriginals call Invasion Day and also to to really, I guess understand that Aboriginal people and Palestinian people and all Indigenous people around the world can really relate to what's going on. And it gives me heart and strength to know that these people stand together in solidarity. But also too, I really do think that despite all these atrocities that are happening at the moment, and as heartbreaking as it is, we've got a death toll in Gaza of reaching, you know, more than 23,000 people at the moment, that I think that this is the world, people like you and I are taking to the streets, we've had enough. And I think this is a turning point in history. We've had enough. We don't believe the lies anymore. We don't believe that Indigenous people don't have rights anymore. You know, and people are saying this in their millions. People are taking right around the world. You know, you're seeing marches in Yemen, you're seeing marches in Spain, you're seeing rallies in Australia, particularly in Melbourne, where people have really taken to their streets in millions, people in Sydney, anyway, all around the world. And I think that this is... This isn't going to go away because we're not accepting the lies that are coming from government. I mean, I think even the Australian government trying to stop the conversation about what's happening in Gaza, trying, you know, like they've been very careful not to call it a genocide. Well, you know what? What is happening in Gaza and the Albanese and Penny Wong is a genocide. And the ICJ said that there was sufficient evidence now to keep going for a genocide case. Now that can take years, but in a month's time, if Israel's behaviour hasn't changed, if aid hasn't been allowed in, if they haven't stopped killing and relocating civilians, there will be some kind of consequence. And the consequence isn't just a world court, it's us. We've got to be out there. We've got to keep rallying. We've got to keep speaking. And we've got to keep talking about the suffering that is happening in the world to Indigenous people. Another thing I want to talk about is I saw this fantastic documentary called Israelism. Now, this documentary was made prior to the beginning of this conflict. It's released now. I urge you, if you have time to watch it, it really is a precursor in a way as to what's happening now. It gives you perspective on how we got here. It is a documentary, as I said, and it's really about Jewish people it's about jewish people and it's made by jewish people it's made by jewish americans and it centers really around the story of a young jewish american and her name is Simone Zimmerman and she's a co-founder of an organization called if not now it's a perspective about how a lot of jewish people are really resisting the behavior of israel i'm not going to talk too much about it because i think you've got to see it and It really was, there was a lot of things in the documentary that explored areas of what's happening in Israel, particularly amongst Zionists. Um, And I, I've been reading about this for some time and I I went in to this documentary with having a lot of information, but it was still very enlightening. It was still really interesting um, just to see people's real human perspective on how we got here. Anyway, I urge you to watch it. It's really good. Go to the website or go to the Instagram page. It's called Israelism, and I think you can hire it directly from them. That's what I did. It cost a couple of dollars. But anyway, that is something that I, um, that I found very useful in terms of understanding where we're at at the moment. Okay, that's it from me today. But I would like to end on a poem. Those of you that follow me on Instagram would have seen this. There's a fantastic poet, Palestinian poet, called Mosab Abu Toa. I've been following him for some time. Beautiful writing. And this poem that he he writes poetry almost every day, and that's really beautiful. Find him on Instagram. But yesterday I was having a very bad day, as I imagine we're all having good days and bad days, and this really spoke to me, so I'm going to end on this note today. Some people do not feel heartbroken because they don't have a heart. One day they will die, but their hearts will continue to beat with shame. Go in peace, my friends. Until next time.